Alright, welcome back. Welcome back to Dad Bod Walking. Go for a walk. Talk about Dad Bod stuff. Talk, ask Lynn all the curly questions. And if you listen to the last episode, we drilled down on the extras that you can add in to your movement pillar once you've got the basics. So, because you had a bit of good feedback on that, and some people said that's great. It's good to know that you know the uh, these are some of the things I can do as bonuses, but I'm not going to rely on those. I thought we'd do the same thing with food. So just to put all this in context, we're talking about food, movement, sleep, mindset, the dad bod formula. Now, we are very passionate about getting the formula right first. So there's no point doing the extras. There's no point doing all the shiny toy shit until you've got the basics right. Now, the basics could take several months. So if you just focused on the basic food, movement, sleep mindset... That's going to get you the bulk of the results, and then the few extra things are going to start to tweak that. So we're going to call that the icing on the cake. So that's that's how the process works. Today we're going to talk about food. So obviously we are driven by the dad bod formula, which is very much a moderate to high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate way of eating, which some people may call keto, and if you want to call it keto, go for it. Um, but that's the formula we're using. And if we're talking about getting the basics right, we're talking about getting the right amount of calories right and the right macros, the right percentage of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Once you've got the basics right, that's going to be about 80% of your results are going to come from getting the basic right under the food pillar. But then there's some extra things. There's omading, there is intermittent fasting, there is supplements and shakes, there's a whole bunch of other things, other shiny toys. Some of the guys gravitate towards thinking, I'll do this as well, or I'll do this instead because this will get me there faster. So, Lena, I've set the scene for the extras we're going to talk about. Let's go with uh, intermittent fasting. Should we do it straight up or should we get the basics right first? So, I don't think that intermittent fasting is something that you should do straight up um, or first up. However, if you want to, go for your life. (laughs) (laughs) Medical opinion? (laughs) Not saying I don't care. No, no, I'm kidding. If you want to do intermittent fasting, um, then look, there's, there's nothing to stop you doing some fasting. However, generally people have more success if they do things in the following order. You get your calories and macros right, you're eating enough protein and you're eating enough fat. And then you um, take a bit of time to transition so that your body gets used to burning fat for fuel. And you get used to actually running on ketones because remember, you've been a carb burner. So if you've got a heavy reliance on glucose because what you've eaten is bread and pasta and pizza and all of that um, carb rich, glucose rich food, then when you pull that out of your diet, initially your body's going to be looking for a replacement. And you'll actually find you can go through periods where you're quite fatigued. So the first thing is get used to eating the keto way, which is you know moderate protein and moderate fat or high fat, and then let your body start to adjust to running on ketones instead of glucose for its fuel and get to the point where you're actually feeling plenty of energy. 
Because what that means is that your body is now, your metabolism is now working correctly, you're running on the fats, the ketones, and you're becoming a fat burner, you're becoming fat adapted. So when you go and do your exercise, you're using fats for fuel and not glucose. And your body will use its own mechanisms to get glucose to the brain. So it'll use that gluconeogenesis to generate the glucose it needs from the protein that you eat. So do all that first because your body's going through a major overhaul already and you're, you know, everything's a bit rusty. It's not, you're not used to generating those ketones from the dietary fats and from the body fat. So let that happen and let it happen naturally. And then once you get fat adapted, taking the next step to intermittent fasting is much, much easier because then what's going to happen is that you can simply start extending the length of your overnight fast. So if you normally eat breakfast at seven, then you might go to breakfast at eight and nine and 10 and so on until you get to lunchtime. You might have a bulletproof coffee or something to keep you going. But what you'll then find is that it's a very easy transition to make because when you're fat adapted and you're running on ketones you tend to find you're less hungry so um, the ketones and the ketosis are slightly um, appetite suppressing so you won't get that hungry and it will be very easy to naturally start to fast whereas if you're still if your body's still looking for carbs or you're still going through that keto transition from glucose to ketones then it can often be quite hard and the intermittent fasting will drive you deeper into keto flu or carb flu or you'll start to have some symptoms of low energy um, so or, you know potentially hypoglycemia because your, your blood sugar is dropping because your body's not getting what it needs so it's just a much smoother transition much easier transition when you've got your foods right you know how much you're meant to eat in a day in your three meals and then you start to introduce intermittent fasting because then you're going to split your food over less meals but at least you know how much you're meant to have so much better way to do it in my opinion all right so while you're on the subject of fasting Lena, talk to me about extended fasting because some of the guys think that you know we start on the dad bod formula we get the food movement sleep sorted we start the the food formula but they want to start throwing in some extended fasting is that recommended or should we just stick to the macros initially until we get that basic sort of understanding so again i'm, I'm going to say stick to the macros initially and the reason for that is that through our experience mike with hundreds of guys what we've seen time and time again is that people get overly enthusiastic and they think they've got the macros down pat but they really haven't so i always say embed that you know get to the point where you really understand how much protein you're meant to have in a day and you know how much meat fish or eggs that actually is and once you've done that and you're very comfortable with it then you can look at things like extended fasting now the dad bod formula is already a major intervention a major health intervention because your health's got off track and you've got to get back on track you're metabolically unfit and we need to get you metabolically fit and flexible again so the formula is already designed to do that you've got to think about what would an extended fast do for you beyond what the dad bod formula is already doing and yes there are lots and lots of health benefits from extended fasting if it's done right if it's done well if you don't really know a lot about 
extended fasting and by extended fasting I'm talking about anywhere beyond 24 hours if you start doing extended fasting initially for the health benefits um, what you might find is that your body's still nutrient depleted because you haven't been eating the right foods um, so because you haven't been eating the right food you haven't got the right level of vitamins and minerals in your body you throw in an extended fast you can actually drive yourself further into nutrient depletion or if you've not been eating the right amount of calories again you can drive yourself into metabolic issues so fasting and extended fasting are great tools but they're exactly that they're, they are tools and they're not something that really you should be doing all the time and when you get them wrong they can be actually quite dangerous so again get your macros right get your body into ketosis get to the point where your body is fat adapted it's using fat for fuel and it's running in that way quite nicely which might take a month it might take three months or longer once you've reached that point if you want to get some additional health benefits by doing an extended fast a 36 a 48 hour even a 72 hour fast then you know that's an amazing thing to do because you'll now understand how it feels to be in nutritional ketosis you'll understand how to measure your ketones and your glucose levels you'll understand what's healthy and what's not healthy, you'll know the signs to watch out for, you'll know when to stop fasting, when your blood sugar has gone too low um, or when your energy levels are too low. So you'll actually have a much better understanding of your body and again you'll have more success and less risk associated with, with extended fasting. Now I know there are some people who recommend using an extended fast to get into ketosis and it is true if you are if you are technically obese and you have significant health issues there are occasions where it is recommended to do an extended fast to kick things off but that's a really radical approach and should be done under supervision of a medical practitioner or somebody who really understands what they're doing so a coach like Mike it's not the sort of thing to do on your own are you saying I'm a medical practitioner? Uh, yeah, no. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> I've got a bunch of certificates. I thought I didn't realise I had a doctor's one as well. So I am not a medical practitioner, but apparently I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, a couple more just on the intake side of things. A lot of the boys think uh, I've got the formula sorted. Well, I've started the formula, so surely if I go to one meal a day, which is OMAD, or maybe even calorie restrictions. So there's some of the shiny toys the boys move towards before they get the basics. So give us the smarts on that. So technically to lose weight you need to be in a calorie deficit. Uh, what that means is that if your body has a requirement for a certain number of calories a day, let's make it easy, let's say 2,000 calories a day is your body's natural level at which you maintain your weight, that's how many calories you need to eat. And if you want to lose weight, technically you need to be in a calorie deficit which means less than that 2000 calories or less than your, your body's natural level now if you go for a calorie deficit before your body's ready before you fixed up some of your health issues then you can drive metabolic problems not to mention the fact that at the start of your dad bod journey you'll be starting to do exercise if you haven't done a lot of exercise to this point 
Um, and especially if you haven't done a lot of strength training to this point, then building muscle, which is what's going to boost your metabolism, which is what is going to drive fat loss, building muscle requires a calorie surplus. So if you turn down your calories too fast before you've fixed your metabolism, before you've built some muscle, before you've got yourself fit and healthy, then again, what you're going to do is drive some um, health issues and potentially drive your body into starvation mode and that will do the opposite of what you're trying to do because your body will start to hang on to fat because you'll be driving cortisol up and you'll become very tired your body will hang on to belly fat especially and you won't get the results that you're you're aiming for so in the case of calories less is not more Sometimes you actually need to start off, most times you need to start off with the right macros, um, a slight deficit perhaps, but no more, and follow the macros for a good period of time to get your body fixed, to get it fit and healthy, and then you can start to dial it back and start to trigger a bit more weight loss. That's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of people will dive into OMAD one meal a day because they read about, again, it's the fasting benefits, the benefits of OMAD, the flexibility. And, you know, there are, there's lots of information around that says OMAD is great and some people thrive on it. Some people end up doing OMAD, you know, long term. So there's nothing wrong with OMAD as a concept. And all OMAD says is that you eat once a day. But again, if you've got yourself really unhealthy, then you've got to not just reduce the foods that you're eating that don't serve you, that don't help you, get rid of the shit out of your diet and bring in foods that nourish your body and actually get you fit and healthy. You've got to eat enough of them. So if you're going to do OMAD, the problem with OMAD is you've got a very short eating window, perhaps two hours, and you've got to cram all your calories in in that two hours so if you're on if you're on 2000 calories the example i gave then you've got to literally sit down and scoff 2000 calories worth of food in two hours which for a lot of people makes them feel like shit um, and so what happens is they scoff all the calories including all that fat their body can't handle the amount of protein because you'd be having probably 200 grams of protein which the body can absorb maybe 40 or at the most 60 grams at a sitting. So you're going to scoff a bunch of protein. The body can't actually use it all. So you're not going to get the nourishment. You're not going to get the effects. You're going to scoff a load of fat. You're going to feel stuffed like a pig. And then what's going to happen is your body, because it's not healthy, is going to try and deal with all that fat. So it'll overload your gallbladder you'll probably go to bed still with your belly full because you're likely to have eaten the meal in the evening because most people do one meal a day in the evening you go off to bed with your belly full you should be in rest and digest mode but your body's still trying to digest all that food or at least empty your stomach of all that food so your body will feel stressed you'll probably have high cortisol your mind will be racing your heart will be racing you won't sleep well and so for a lot of people, the consequence is actually um, disrupted digestion, disrupted sleep, and again, packing on belly fat. Or the other thing that happens to people is they can't stuff 
2,000 calories down their throat. So they don't. And they eat the amount they'd eat in a normal meal, which means they're eating a fraction of the calories per day and they force themselves into starvation mode. So again, one meal a day has got its benefits, but it's also got its risks. And if you're starting to get fit and healthy, then my recommendation again is focus on getting fit and healthy. Focus on the right amounts. Eat them at three or two meals a day. Get the right quantities in, get the macros in, get the quality proteins in and do the work in the gym to build the muscle, boost the metabolism and let the process work for you because it's a lot easier than trying to force the process. Alrighty, and the last one, Lino, um, on the shiny toy extras thing is all around supplements. It's all around, Roxy's going crazy, she loves a good supplement. Is all around supplements and making sure that um, not necessarily you don't use supplements. Again, it's like it's like the OMADs and intermittent fasting and and all the different extras. They all have their space and place, and there is the right time to introduce and try out these extras. The principle of this podcast is get the basic right, get the basics right first. When the basics are in place and your body is functioning in the food under the food pillar the way it should, then consider some of the extras. Don't keep throwing extras or different things at it, hoping that's going to get you there faster. So this is the, the last question, Lynn, is when we start getting people saying, hey, what about supplements? Can I take, should I take shakes, uh, pre-workout shakes, post-workout shakes, pills, potions, lotions? We're talking about getting the basics right. Is there anything that the guy should be adding in, or is it just get the basics right and let it go for a bit? So... Definitely, my recommendation is just get the basics right. Um, And the reason for that is, first of all, I'm not a fan of supplements or shakes or potions or any of those things. Um, There are people out there who've got health conditions who need supplements or medicines. And that's a different story. But if you're generally on your dad bod um, journey and you're trying to get fit and healthy what do supplements do so the first thing is if you're taking supplements tablet form most of the supplements that you buy are filled with additives that are not helpful they're not needed by the body um, in fact in some cases they're actually downright you know towards the extent of being dangerous most supplements are have fillers Um, They have bulking agents in them, they have colours, they're often brightly coloured. And the amount of active ingredient is, first of all, very low, or it's in a form that the body can't process, or it comes isolated and without all the cofactors that you'd find in food. So I always recommend getting your vitamins and minerals, especially, through your food. And if you've got deficiencies really working on where can you get you know good quality food sources of whatever you're deficient in so if you're deficient in in b vitamins then you know you're aiming to get b vitamins from your foods if you're deficient in vitamin a then what foods have got vitamin a in them if you think you have a deficiency of vitamin c or you need a boost of vitamin c then again what foods will give you vitamin c So look for food sources first because the body can always absorb food much better than it can supplements. Supplements tend to be very expensive and I see people wasting their money. And I also see people pinning all their hopes on 
supplements to be like a magic pill or a magic potion and to you know radically change how they look and feel and what happens is you get all excited and hopeful and you take a supplement and you believe you're feeling better and then a couple of weeks in you actually you know it stops working or the effects are not there or even worse you feel even worse so you've you, you've had that sort of um, that excitement followed by the, the the disappointment and people get hooked on that cycle they're always searching you know for the excitement of a new supplement or the, the promise of something that's going to magically change their body or their world so supplements are full of shit very very few supplements actually have active ingredients at the right quality the right quantity um, that are effective and efficient so generally avoid supplements um, the same goes for things like shakes. There are all sorts of shakes out there, you know, pre-workout, post-workout. And again, 99% of these are just filled with processed ingredients that are not good for the body. Now, in fact, there was a study that was done a few years ago where there were two groups of people in hospital and they fed one group junk food and they fed the other group with um, processed food, so processed um, shakes. And what they found is that the people who ate these ultra-processed shakes ended up eating 500 calories a day more purely because the body, the way the body actually handles these ultra-processed foods. They hit the bloodstream really fast, they get absorbed too quickly, they cause blood sugar spikes, they cause blood sugar crashes, they make you crave food. So there's a lot of clever marketing around supplements and shakes that have you believing they have amazing effects. But the reality is they'll either hook you in with something like a caffeine hit um, or they'll have um, additives and ingredients in them that are really not helpful, that might give you an energy rush. But again, they're not really um, getting you where you need to be and they're not sustainable so the sustainable formula the sustainable answer is put in the put in the fucking hard work to be honest eat the right foods eat them in the right quantities do the work in the gym and actually get to a point where you enjoy your food you enjoy your movement so that it's something that you can see yourself doing long term um, and enjoying rather than relying on some artificial shit that you've been sold and you've spent your hard-earned money on. Beautiful. So where do we start today? We started talking about the four pillars and we're talking specifically about food. And it comes back to the end of end of the, uh, <coughs> the last 20-odd minutes. It comes back to get the basics right. So focus on your calories, focus on your macros. When you've got those right, there is nothing wrong with intermittent fasting, OMADing, calorie deficit, supplements of some type. There's nothing wrong with those, but don't rely on those before you've got the basics right. It's critically important to strip back all the bullshit, all the noise, all the shiny toys, all the tree-hugging fucking hippies who tell you to do things you shouldn't be doing and just stick to the dad bod formula. When you've got that right, when you've got the results that you deserve, then you can start tweaking with other extras just to fine-tune your journey. Hope you've enjoyed this. Chat us. Oh, chat us. Chat us. Join us. Oh, chat us. Join us again next time on Dad Bod Walking. Cheers, gents.